You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. Now, hey, there may be not so many fathers here today, but the thing with God is, when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to things with God, it doesn't matter whether you are a father or a mother, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're old or young, or wherever you come from, we stand before God and he just uh, sees everybody the same as uh, his son and daughter. There is no special treatment. So when we talk about spiritual things, it affects all of us. So don't shut off if you think, oh, okay, that's not for me. It probably is. And, uh, of course, fatherhood is of great importance because, I mean, as we look around the world, as we look around the wider, maybe even our wider family or friends that we have, there are very few good fathers. And um, when we and I led the church in Germany, we found that also because people came to us with their issues, we just realized how many people had really difficult childhoods. And... But we didn't realize how traumatic they sometimes actually were. But I must admit at the outset here that I, probably like the rest of us here, have never had any training of being a father. Mm-hmm. I've never gone to university and studied how to be a father. I've never received a certificate of saying, well, you are now a father. And many of us maybe didn't even have wonderful role models of fathers as we grew up. So even my own father, I mean, my own father, I mean, he was an absolutely loving and wonderful man. I mean, I loved him bits, he loved me, but I don't, he never actually taught me uh, how to be a good father, as I would see that today. And I, as a father in my family, um, I have made mistakes, many mistakes, and could have done fathering a lot better than I, than I did. But what I have got today to share with you is a lifetime about experiencing God's goodness and God's grace and, and God's empowering grace. And that I can share with you today. And that affects and is the same for all of us. I believe that uh, in considering fatherhood and the whole issue of fathering, we we as believers need to actually go to the person, the the father who created fatherhood in the first place. And he will help us to orientate our thinking and also will impact our hearts this afternoon as we consider this theme. And yeah, so society around us uh, and the world around us certainly offer us many examples and even role models of broken fathers, broken homes, broken families. History and contemporary culture is full of these things. And there are also many books and many articles and internet sites available that discuss the role of the father and where one can get worldly advice. And through the past decades, there have been names like Spock, 
and Steiner and Dobson, some of you might know those names, and Dobson in the Christian context, and many others, each outlining and developing theories on parenting, and to a certain extent reflecting the thinking of society, the Zeitgeist, as we say in German, and I don't think there's an English word for that, and what is in, in vogue at that time. But where should we go for advice as we Christians father and mother and lead our families and others practically and spiritually, where should we go? And that's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> what would you say? Where should we go? To the Father. In fact, uh, we go to the Word, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit and the Word, as it says in the Bible. And that's where we will go. The Spirit and the Word will guide our thinking as Christians and impact our hearts and lead and direct and empower us. Guidance from the Word and from the Spirit will last into eternity. Everything else can sometimes be helpful, but it's usually temporary. So let's go to that, what leads us into eternity. The first point I wanted to sort of focus on is our identity as fathers and parents and mothers. So let's get on with that and start with the word. And uh, we could, those of you who've got something like a Bible, I mean, in the olden days, we used to go to church with a Bible under our arm. <laughs> and the bigger the Bible, the, more, the, the holier you were. <laughs> Today, it's the other way around. The smaller your, your thing is that you look at, <laughs> the more impressive it is. <laughs> so we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse, verse 14. And Paul... Uh, writes that letter to the Ephesians and, uh, on various points, but here at this point he talks about the Father and about the family in heaven. And he starts at verse, verse 14, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Filled to what? The measure of all the fullness of God. I can't understand that. <laughs> fullness of God, it's too big for me to comprehend. And yet, that's what Paul says. That we may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So in verse 14, uh, Paul says, the father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. Now, biblically, biblically, biblically name 
describes and uh, gives identity. So our identity as fathers is in fact our identity as, as uh, entire families, as Paul writes, comes from the identity of the father, of Father God. Our identity as fathers, mothers, children, families, singles, old, young, comes from God. So fathering, mothering, physically and spiritually, has to come from him, originate in him, be defined by him and be empowered by him. If we get our identity from elsewhere, we will struggle and probably fail. In verse 16, Paul goes on. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that we may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Power through his spirit so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And there we can see it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit in and through us and Christ living in our hearts that we can live out this amazing calling of fatherhood, parenthood, motherhood, like our Father in heaven. And let me repeat this. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by books, not by good uh, preachers, not by this, not that, and, and the other. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit in and through us, in and through us, and Christ living in our hearts that we can live out this amazing calling. We, we can't approach fatherhood in a sort of attitude of, well, let me try and follow Jesus. Uh, let me try and behave like Jesus. No. As born-again believers, we have his spirit inside. His DNA constantly transforming us. Okay, do you know about Superman? Yes, I mean, Superman, you know, he's got normal suit on, he does his normal thing and at work and so on. <laughs> La ladies, close your eyes. No, <laughs> Yeah, we can't uh, try and follow Jesus in that sense. We can, we, we, God gives us more than that. He empowers us through this Holy Spirit inside us. We are not just called to emulate or copy Jesus. We are called to let his spirit live within us so we can live out his nature through us more and more. That's our identity, Jesus inside. So my second point then is, what, what is the father like? In John 14, verses 8 to 9, Philip uh, had the same question in his mind. He asked Jesus, Lord, show us the father, and that will be enough, of us, uh, enough for us. You know, he's all saying, well, Jesus, you're okay there. You know, I've seen what you're doing. But show us the father, and that will be enough for us. And what does Jesus tell him? Jesus said to him, 
at that time and is saying to us, uh, saying that to us now. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus made it clear in his discussions and his teachings that he had come to reveal the Father um, to the world. He had come to do what the Father does. He said what the Father said. And he was in the Father, and the Father was in him. We can read this in various scriptures, various Bible verses throughout the New Testament. Jesus made it also very clear that the only way to know the Father was through him. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. All encompassed in him. And he says no one can know the Father except through him, through Jesus. And there's something very amazing about this because as we come to Jesus and receive him by faith in our hearts, and, and that was made possible uh, through his work of redemption on, on, on the cross, that we can actually do that. We are born by the Spirit into God's family. And we too become sons and daughters of the Father. And the result of that is that people can see glimpses of the Father also in us. We can become representation of the Father's love and of the Father's nat nature. Not because we are perfect or because we've not made any mistakes in our lives or will ever make mistakes. We do. That's far from it. But because His Spirit in us is uh, keen and pleased to, to, uh, and wants to reveal something of God in our lives. God's divine nature and God's Father heart in us, in what, where we are at and what we are doing. Jesus, in other words, is the perfect expression of the Father's love and our insight into what God is like. That brings me to my next point which is perfect, uh, Jesus, the perfect expression of his Father's love. So when we look at some aspects of how Jesus um, represented the Father, and as we um, consider how Jesus related to the flock that he shepherded, and the people he loved and saved and led into uh, freedom, let's remember that the Lord has called us also to nurture love and lead our children, our biological children, but also our spiritual children, um, in the same way and by the same spirit. That's very important to remember because the spirit that led Jesus through his life while he was on earth and the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that works in our lives. We haven't got a little portion of it or a little slice or something. It is the same spirit. And that spirit is incredibly powerful. We and I know that the most important thing about our lives and our parenting is that our lives are testimony to God's grace. They're in, in no way testimonies, testimonies to our abilities. 
It is through God's grace that whatever who we are, we are. And so what did Jesus do to show the Father? Let's look at a few points. Jesus healed and set free. Everywhere Jesus went, and as you go through the New Testament, <laughs> you will discover that, he set people free from the works of the devil in their lives. And he also healed them if there was sickness. So we can do the same things. Let's do the same things in our own homes and in our families. Not only in the church, or not only through the pastor or the leaders. Jesus is inside all of those who have accepted him into, his, into their lives. We have spiritual authority as believers. And specifically as fathers and mothers, but specifically as fathers in our homes. And fathers often take a step back and sort of let the mothers be the ones who stand in the front. But it's actually the fathers who need to take, take up that, that, uh, response, that authority that God has specifically given to them. And we should feel as fathers and as men to be, to be comfortable to use that authority. It's a good authority. It sets people free. It heals people. It does good things. It's a place... Um, Um, we, we, we and I, we actually, we, we love, and you might know, we love making our home a place where we, where we pray, where we pray for each other, where we pray for, uh, as parents for children, and, and vice, vice, vice versa, the children can, can pray for, for the parents, the longer, younger generation, for the older generation. We try to instill that into the way we, in the way we live, that's a, that, it's a, that it is a normal thing. And as fathers and as heads of our, as of our homes, we have a special position and role to play in the family. Prayer by a believing father is powerful and brings transformation. We've experienced that so many times. And then Jesus also interacted with people. He encouraged and uplifted the home and family is also a special place for us as, as fathers, together with our wives, to encourage each other, to create a, a nest where the family and others can come to be uplifted and encouraged. It's a place of comfort and, and, uh, comfort and, and, uh, and, and joy. It's a place where eating and talking and laughing and playing and praying and around the table is something we love to do, and as a family, and also regard as very important. Now, as you know, Jesus also loved to drink, to eat. He actually created wine out of water, you know? and, uh, and uh, be, uh, being together with people. And to bring his transforming love that was residing in him into, into everyday life. And in this way, he lived out the nature of the Father. Loving the, unlo the unloved, bringing light and joy and into darkness, laying down his life for others. And as husbands and fathers, we are told that God's heart for us is to love our wives. Wives should respect the, the, the fathers and, and fathers should love their wives. And by extension, our children and others that are around us. In fact, uh, uh, the Bible says in, to, to, that we should love just as Christ loved the church 
and gave himself for her. Wow, that is big. Christ gave his life. It's a big ask. And then how did Jesus lead? Jesus led his disciples and, and, and people around him as a servant leader. Look at the, let's look at the, the leader Jesus showed himself to be as he was led by the Holy Spirit. And what do we see? We see him on his knees, washing the feet of the disciples, encouraging those around him, sharing their lives with them, crying with them, laughing with them, and sharing their challenges, and bringing freedom and release of, of troubles or sickness that they had. The Holy Spirit guided Jesus and also asked us to do the same for each other, to be servant leaders. So a father is a servant leader, and that's both spiritually and practically. Nothing is too big or too small for a father. A father in, in the house should not lord it over, over, over his wife or over his family or over his children or other people that might touch, uh, might, might get in, into contact, but be a leader who serves. Do you remember the, the words of, of Martin Luther King? He said, all can be great because all can serve. All can serve. Thank you. <laughs> all can be great because all can serve. So let's, ma let's make this a little bit more personal and say, I can be great because you got it. Well, some of you got it. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is wonderful. Jesus, in his life, through his teaching, through the parables that he taught, and through the life that he lived, revealed the Father and showed his amazing, amazing love and commitment to, the, to, his, to his family, to the Father's family, but also to, to those still outside his family. Uh, he, he touched people that were still outside and didn't believe. And another point is that Jesus was one with the Father. So to encourage us and, and to show how much the Father cares, Jesus makes it clear that the nature and heart of the Father will come into our lives as he lives in us through the Holy Spirit. He has sent us the Holy Spirit that can live in us and lead and guide us. And Jesus said in, in John 14.10, and that's for the words here up on the Message Bible, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you aren't mere words. I don't just make them up on my own. The Father who resides in me crafts each word into a divine act. Wow, that's a close relationship. <laughs> the Father who resides in me grafts each word into a divine act. And today we can say, and all of those who are his sons and daughters, that the Father is in us and we are in him because his nature lives in us through his Holy Spirit and through Jesus. Isn't that amazing? 
As we look to the scriptures uh, that reveal the character and the heart of the Father, it is, a, it is his desire for us as fathers and mothers, brothers, sisters, and as his spirit lives in and through us, that we display the same characteristics, the characteristics of the Father, and live according to the same uh, heart. And not only, as I said earlier, not only as biological fathers and mothers, but also as spiritual parents to those in our Christian community and also to those who have not yet come to know and given their lives to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The world, of course, continuously tells us uh, that uh, I and me and myself are the most important things. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of, um, of our Christian lives can also be me-focused. My children, my possessions, my church community. But the heart of Jesus, as he re reveals the heart of the Father, was never like that. He always considered others in the way he spoke and what he did. Jesus always considered others in the way he spoke and what he did. And he had time for those who were outsiders. And those people who the world would rather push aside. Let's remind ourselves of some of the uh, encounters Jesus had. He spoke to a Samaritan Woman at the well. Now, Samaritans were considered as second class at the time by the, uh, by the Jewish people. He spoke uh, to the tax collectors, to the lepers, uh, lepers. <laughs> <laughs> to the lepers, to the poor, to the sick, the possessed, the whores. Jesus always had time for people outside and on the fringes of society. He also saw them as children of God. If not right now, today, but certainly in the future. And we should look at those in the same way. Our fathering and mothering, the way we teach our children and how we relate to others and show our children how to relate to others needs to be also inclusive of outsiders in our world today. Because they too are children of God. <laughs> Jesus came to save the world, not just some. He came to save the world. That means everybody in the world. And who need to be touched by the Father's heart as we reach out to them. Recently, we had a young person with some psychological challenges, let's say, staying with us in our home for a few days. And we didn't know him at all. And he also he wasn't a believer. We just had some connection. But one night after dinner, we saw something amazing happen. We had, as usual, prayed a blessing over the meal, and we were talking about the normal things that we normally talk about, family, children, grandchildren, grandchildren and grandchildren, and, uh, <laughs> and love and joy and the Lord and the Bible and all these good things. And as we were doing what we normally do, we could literally see him begin to open up and blossom, and he began, which he didn't do before, to participate in the conversation, and talk, and laugh, and in fact became a completely different person. 
And apparently, as we heard later, he had never opened up like this before. So God's love and light touched his life just by us being there, just by us knowing and believing that Jesus is inside. It is wonderful to draw people who are on the outside into our family circle. Different cultures, different classes, different languages, different nation groups, fathers and mothers embracing others. And then Jesus communicated his needs to God in prayer. God often highlighted to, uh, to me and Vida the, the scripture in, in Luke 11, verses 11 to 13, where it says, Which of you fathers or mothers, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or when your child asks for an egg, will give him, a, give him or her a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And these, these verses reveal the amazing heart of the Father and his willingness to give us all good gifts, spiritual gifts and physical gifts, and to meet our every need. We think we, think we know how to give good gifts to those we love. And we think that we have good intentions when we do it. But God's heart of love and generosity is much bigger than what we have. I can promise you. <laughs> he promises to give us the gift of the Spirit and every other gift. Um, it says in James 1, verses 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Our Father's love and our Father's generosity is unchanging. And what a beautiful thing in our, it is in our lives, through the empowering of, of His Holy Spirit, we as fathers and mothers can also reflect His unchanging love and generosity. Our love sometimes only stretches to a point where the other people are acceptable to us. And then we say, actually, no, it doesn't work so well anymore. That's not like Jesus. That's not like the Father. His good gifts include meeting not only spiritual needs, but also physical needs. He's our provider. And Jesus explains that in Luke 12, 22, where he, where he teaches uh, about not, not to worry. And, and he says, as he spoke to the disciples, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you, will, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable you are than the birds. So who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And since you cannot do this very little thing, he says, <laughs> this very little thing of adding an hour to your life, uh, why do you worry about the rest? So consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. 
Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you? So do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all those, those things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Oh. And I find the challenge, and this is not only to reflect the heart of the Father and, and being generous as He is generous, but the challenge probably for most of us is not to worry. And what a huge challenge it is not to worry. But God promises and commits to provide for our every need. That is His commitment. He does ask us, yes, He does ask us to make our main priority to seek His kingdom and seek Him and His kingdom first and to trust Him to provide as a loving father. And the essence of that teaching is complete, uh, complete love and trust in a good father and faith in his unfailing character, even in uncertain and difficult times. And we are in uncertain and difficult times. We are doubt and worry can eat away at the essence of our being. And I can bear witness to the fact that I have often failed at this, not to worry, <laughs> and still often do. Worry seems like a, a natural reaction that creeps so easily into our thinking and in, into our emotions. But I can also <laughs> give you wonderful testimonies which are spread across my whole life of God's faithfulness and miracle-working power to provide and bless generally, generously. I didn't need to worry all these years. And I wish I hadn't. Now, I just, I just want to mention uh, one, one example to you. When, when the Lord called us to Germany, we did not have enough practically in terms of an income with which we could pay for rent and food. And we were also faced with a spiritual mountain. We had a congregation which initially doubted some of the spiritual truths we taught. The Lord changed both and blessed us with more we would have ever expected, both practically and spiritually. I mean, for example, when we went to the landlord in, in, in our church there in, in Munich, in the building, for the building, and told them that we can't pay the rent <laughs> for the three-story building, he didn't say, thank you very much, can you please go? I've got about ten other people waiting to get in there. No, he, instead of giving us notice to move out, he cut the rent in half. Isn't that amazing? In Munich, where, I mean, everybody is looking for accommodation. Where, where we knew churches, they were looking for two, three years to find a place to have, you know, to gather, gather their people. We actually had the lowest square meter, square meter rental in the whole of Munich. <laughs> God is faithful generous, good, and loving. So in our fathering and mothering and leading of family and others, God is calling us to lead and nurture out of a place of trust and confidence. A place of courage instead of fear. 
Dogs, as you know, dogs can, can smell fear. Children in the house also know when there's fear. So if we can father and mother and, and live um, um, with a sense of security that God is our provider and that he will never let us down, and we display that in the way we live our lives, then we can influence others and be an instrument of the Father to transform many people's lives. But if we worry and, uh, and are afraid, then uh, other people will say, but no, what about your God? Isn't he the provider? They will smell that. <laughs> But, yeah, let's face it, I mean, there's so much to make us afraid. Lack of finance, I think we're probably all in that position. <laughs> Lack of opportunity, uncertainty. But if we put his kingdom first, and if we trust the Father like Jesus trusted and trusts in him, being rooted and grounded in his love, we can display that trust in the decisions we make, in the attitudes that we have, and the hope that we have in our hearts and the emotions that we display, and the way that we live our lives, and the fathers and mothers, and, and be the fathers and mothers who will lead with an unshakable hand. How wonderful for children to have parents like that. How wonderful for people to have friends like that. How wonderful for people to know friends like that, who have that unshakable hand. Not because they are so strong, but because they trust Father God. Courageous and confident fathers and mothers. Yeah, so who is able to do this? Mm -hmm. To live out, to live out um, um, the nature of the Father who is faithful and uncondition unconditionally loving, good and kind. Do we never drop the ball? Do we never fall flat on our faces, totally blow it? I certainly, I certainly do. But I can tell you also with complete confidence that my life and my fathering are all a testimony of his grace, as I said earlier, not any of my competence or things that I can do on my own. God is faithful and he will restore what we break. He will. And some of you will know that, uh, but I become, became a father for the first time when, time when I was 17 years old. And what did I know about fathering at that time? I didn't even have a younger brother or sister. I mean, I felt totally at sea at that point when it came to building relationships or babies or, 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 or mothers. Or, and I know that I totally failed my daughter Sandra in those years of my youth. But as we trusted God and his grace to redeem and to restore and, and to renew over the years, his, lo his love has worked miracles in all of us and in our family relationships. He has worked our things together for good. And also... Also with the children born to Vida and myself here in South Africa, Kirsten and Sebastian, we haven't been the perfect parents. Many things could have been done differently, but 
God. <laughs> it is amazing what he has done. And when I look at our three children today and see what God has done in their lives, I'm proud. Not even humbly proud, just proud. <laughs> and thankful. Thankful to God. He has given us tremendous joy in our parenting and provided us with a constant feast of love. And he has united our German and our South African families, bringing one, each one of us individually into deeper relationship with himself and also with each other as a family. Our lives were and will always be testimonies to the grace of God and what he has done in our lives. Despite of what we failed and how we failed or did things wrong. So let's for a moment remember the, the, the parable Jesus told of the father filled with compassion running and embracing and kissing his son who's come back. And, uh, and, the, and then the father clothing his son with a robe and giving him a, a ring on his finger and sandals to wear and affirming the son's, son's identity by taking him back into his family and then having a feast celebrating the son's return and the father's generosity and love and goodness. And as believers... Our hearts connect to his heart. And, as, and, and we pray as Paul, Paul prayed, Holy Spirit, fill our whole being. Fill our whole being with your fullness and may we know and express the riches of your, of your love. And then let's remember that we too, we too are sons and daughters that can run Always, in other words, every moment of every day as we need to, into the outstretched arms of the Father to receive His grace and His unconditional love. A Father who always <laughs> runs towards us. He doesn't run away, He runs towards us as we run to Him and who forgives and who redeems our mistakes and who heals our hearts and makes wrong thing, things right. So I'll end with a quote by Henry Nowen. And as I said earlier, this is not just for fathers, this is for everybody. For all God's people. And he said, keep your heart on the kingdom first. Keep your heart on God's love. Keep focused on the fact that you are God's beloved daughter and son. That's the truth of who you are. So let's just close in, in the prayer, the, in fact, the prayer that Paul penned and that we read earlier. And to say, yeah, we kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of this, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen us all with power through his spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that we being rooted and established in love, 
may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.co.za.